back to Captain Fred, and this is the fifth dimension. Today is 9-1-1-2022, 21 years after the event that uh, started the ball rolling to the place we're at right now. We have a um, um, a person that's uh, in the front office that's, that's <laughs> that I don't think minds intimidating the opponents of or the opposition uh, parties, and I think that the the uh, I think that the there's very wealthy people that are funding some of the illegal uh, opposition that's going on in this country. You know, uh, Chris, the 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 squads that Mussolini put on the street. We're using the same techniques that uh, Antifa used. And the infiltrate, there's a lot of people that believe that the uh, March of January 6th was infiltrated by uh, Antifa, by people that wanted to turn it to something, turn it to violence, and, and create a, a, a backlash of, of what the people that were there for wanted to impress that we believe that the election wasn't uh, wasn't proper. Do you think that that, uh, yeah. that sums it up pretty well? Well, you, you know, the, the, the thing that I find disturbing is that there were a lot of people uh, who showed up at, on January 6th, and uh, most of them, the vast, vast majority of them, had nothing to do with the Capitol building. There were a lot of people who showed up because they questioned, they questioned the conduct of the election. And I think it's proper, uh, the Democrats certainly do it when uh, they don't like the result. Uh, uh, you know, uh, I think it's proper to question the results of an election if you can point to circumstances that indicate that it, the election may not have been uh, fairly uh, conducted or legally conducted. And the thing that I didn't see out of all of this stuff is I didn't see a whole lot of that being looked into by the federal government. In other words, I think that if someone were to say, for example, that uh, somebody stole something or somebody uh, did something wrong, um, and you were that person, and you had the ability to take a look at it. Don't you think it would be uh, particularly uh, because uh, a, a significant segment of the population questioned how that election was conducted? Wouldn't that be a good idea to look into that and to dispel? I mean, as a, in a democracy, wouldn't you want to dispel doubts as to how well, you know, an election was conducted? I didn't see that scared. happen. Let me ask you something, Chris. Uh, Chris, the um, the um, Antifa have, have has there ever been any investigation who funds Antifa? Because Mussolini's paramilitary groups that attacked its opposition were often funded by the wealthy in in Italy, and and. You can't well, tell you, me you know, that, that some who's funding who's funding Antifa. 
You know, I, I, I don't know, but here's uh, I would ask the following. You know, the FBI suggested that Antifa really almost didn't exist, that they didn't find any organized uh, kind of a, a body that uh, they could uh, uh, claim was Antifa. I think that was Christopher Ray who, who gave that rendition. The, the, whether, whether or not the FBI can figure out that they exist, you know, I, I've seen them. I saw them at, uh, in, in, uh, in Chicago, and they sure look pretty organized to me. But what I find more uh, consistent and, and more in line with what you were talking about, about Mussolini, was this. Antifa believes that if you disagree with their political orientation about how things should be, that they have the right to do what they want to you. In other words, uh, that's what Mussolini was saying. If you are uh, in opposition to the state, you have no value. That's how Antifa sees the world. So for me, uh, it's just more of that Orwellian they are exactly what they claim they're not to be. Whatever it is, yeah. whatever they say it is, the exact opposite. I, I'd like to know who yeah. gives them the money to fund that organization, to be honest. And you can't say they can't find out because look how quickly they found out who was funding the uh, trucker strike in Canada. They cut that funding off almost immediately. Uh, they could do it if they wanted to. But, hey, Chris, we have a well, call. You know, the- we have a call. Let's take let's take Laura from Michigan. Laura, are you on there? Hello. Hello. Oh. I, I wanted to say, did you know in the last few days, the FBI have, have raided 30, at least 35 Trump supporters' homes? And how do we find out the names of those people who are raided? Or will we find out? Well, well Laura, you... You're not going to find out through the documents, and uh, let me tell you why. First, uh, raids that we're talking about are generally the execution of search warrants, and the warrants aren't usually directed at people. What they're directed at are locations. So you have to kind of figure out where the lo- who the location belongs to. That's A. And secondly, the reason why they're doing that is often – uh, in an, and I think I explained this in, the, in our last show. A search warrant is a court order that's supported by an application for a court order. And the court order tells agents go out and search a place. And the application contains a description of what they want to get and, and uh, it has a description of where they want to search. But underneath it is an affidavit that supports why there's probable cause to believe that the stuff that they're looking for is either contraband, like drugs or illegal objects, you know, sawed-off shotguns, whatever it is, or is evidence of the commission of a crime. The reason for the search warrants usually contained in the supporting affidavit, and all of that stuff is sealed. So when the FBI raided Mar-a-Lago, and there was a request that the uh, affidavit in support of the warrant be released, uh, it was all blacked out. So when you're asking who are these 35 people, geez, even if we found the 35 people, we have no idea why they're searching these people. Are there are there their residences or their businesses or why that particular location was searched? And the problem that that I have with all of this is that if you look at this without knowing what the real rational support for this is, it looks like heavy-handed 
political uh, 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 gamesmanship. It looks like people oh, are being attacked because of their political. <laughs> yeah, just like that. That's what it looks like. And if it isn't, we're not being shown why it isn't. Well, Mussolini used, words, it, his, used his legal police and his legal uh, uh, law enforcement to harass his, his opposition. And, you know, that worked out well, didn't it? Well, you know, the, the second, Justice Department so. has a list of, of, of terrorist organizations, okay? And uh, it has a list of, uh, of uh, symbols and a list of phrases that they associate with these terrorist organizations. And if you're involved in some of this stuff here, it kind of gives them a heightened degree of uh, awareness and then, in, uh, uh, I would say, focus on the person who either uses the phrases or claims the, the name. Or uh, at one point, the Justice Department was putting parents from Virginia on a terrorist uh, uh, watch list because they wanted control of their public schools. Now, does that sound to you like uh, uh, a proper use of government uh, police power, uh, the government's FBI, the government's uh, ability to, to, to arrest, the government's ability to harass? Is that a proper avenue? Or does that sound like uh, what you just said? It's harassment. Yep, but uh, hey, Laura, Laura that, let me ask Laura a question. Laura, uh, how did you hear this information? Hello. Yeah, Laura, how did you how did you find out about these thirty five people that were? Uh, uh, it was on uh, Aaron's show. He talked about it. Oh, uh, so yeah, the Saturday morning. Saturday show. morning. It just no, had I, happened. I, also, I got another couple of facts. Steve Van Noon, who's on John Moore's show. Said since 2001, at least 12 re conservative reporters have been killed covertly. He had all, he had all the names of the people. I didn't recognize any, but he had all their names. John reporters. Some good good information on this show. I listened to uh, 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 Jr. or that that comes on this show too. I uh, can't remember his last name. He's a real, real intelligent military analyst, and he has a lot to say about what's happening. I'm not sure I agree with a lot of it, but it's it's pretty interesting. It might be pretty reliable information. Chris, have had you heard anything about the, the yeah, 35? As a matter of fact, I, I have, and it's been it's been reported on Fox News. Uh, you know, so I, I think the cat's out of the bag on this. I don't, but, but again, Laura, I don't know the identity of these people other than what I'm hearing is that these are, are, are Trump-related people. The, the, the question that I have about this, I mean, you know, just think about this for a minute. As you've identified, this really looks like political oppression. And I can understand political oppression if it's like the Democratic Party and, and they want to give somebody a hard time. Or a political candidate says, you know, I think these people are wrong, or I think they're bad, or they're evil. I get that. I mean, that's politics. The problem I have is that this isn't being said by the Democratic Party as such, although I'm wondering. This is being done with your tax dollars. You're paying for this. You're paying for the Justice Department to go out and execute these search warrants. 
You're paying for the judge's time who reads the applications and issues the order. You're paying for the marshal service who accompanies the agent to go out and serve the warrant. In other words, you, Laura, say that this is political oppression, and, and you're paying for it, but if you want to know why it isn't political oppression, tell me, Justice Department, why what looks to me to be clearly political oppression. Tell me why it isn't. And the response is, we're not going to tell you. <laughs> What's up with that? Hey, Chris, how, I wonder how much it costs to execute one of these search warrants. Oh, well, you know, when you take a look at a raid like Mar-a-Lago, you, you, you know, uh, and that may be different. What happens is, but, but, but it may not be different, uh, the people who show up at Mar-a-Lago are SWAT teams. These are pretty highly trained folks. Uh, these aren't, uh, you know, uh, uh, somebody from the uh, uh, evidence room. These are people who have, been, have gone out and they've taken special weapons and, and tactics training, and they accompany these search teams. And maybe 20, 30 people. Now, you can say that these people uh, have, were going to get paid anyway. Your SWAT team normally works for the government 24 hours a day, so you didn't pay them any extra. But what you did do was you used whatever funds that these people represent, you took them away from other things. In other words, the FBI could be investigating <coughs> Uh, different types of crimes, uh, you know, uh, uh, MS-13, uh, gang involvement and fentanyl trafficking, and all that kind of, but they didn't. What they were doing instead was uh, they were going through uh, 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 Trump's kids and his wife's uh, rooms to look for stuff. So th th now, as far as I know, there may be uh, some reason why uh, uh, Barron Trump, the, uh, the uh, president's son, or uh, his wife, uh, had contraband or evidence of the crime. I don't know about that. Nobody told me they did. Nobody told me why they would. Nobody told me what it was that, you know, supports reason for the search of all of that stuff. I didn't hear that. I still haven't heard it. And if 30 people, 35 people were searched, I doubt we're going to hear about that either. What is up with that? It looks like oppression. The government has, I think, a responsibility not to create that type of impression, unless, really, they're trying to create that impression. Well, there's a legal term the, called the chilling effect. I mean, not only not only does it do it, it directly affects and represses uh, uh, free government, but it's the chilling effect, too. I mean, how many people are intimidated now and afraid that if they campaign or work with an the opposition, I'm not even going to say Trump, if they work with an opposition, they stand a good chance of being raided, too. If if you or I or Laura got raided by the FBI because of what we've discussed here on this radio program, it would financially wreck all of us, right? I, I don't know if it would financially wreck all of us, but you're talking about the chilling effect, what it would do is it would tell other people that if they wanted to speak their mind, they better look over their shoulder. And that's the what a chilling effect is about. What it does is it deters, it prevents other people from uh, doing things, and in this case, things that are perfect, as far as I understand it, because they haven't told me what illegal things anybody's done. Uh, it just looks like oppression for people 
following uh, uh, a, a, a political choice. Uh, and that is a chilling effect on that choice. And no one's told me what these people did that was wrong. Chris, why do you think they well, sent a SWAT team to of uh, a uh, uh, past president's home? You know, it may be just because uh, they don't want to have any. Uh, it could be the justification is they don't want any security problems from uh, from anybody because it is the uh, uh, former president's home. Because you don't, you never know. Uh, what's going to happen there, and you don't want an incident. The problem I have is when they send a SWAT team to arrest Roger Stone. I mean, what's the information that Roger Stone at 6 o'clock in the morning uh, uh, is going to do anything that needs, you need to have, you know, AP armed personnel carriers show up? Chris, isn't an ex-president still guarded by Secret Service? As a matter of fact, they are. I'll bet you there was 20 Secret Service at Mar-a-Lago when there was that raid. And why did SWAT need to go in if the Secret Service was already there? Now, Trump was in New York. Trump was Secret in Service follows the president. They're not at his residence, right? No, but I would suggest that it's probably, there are probably people keeping an eye on his residence. In other words... You know, the fact that Trump left town doesn't mean that other people who might want to harm the president have also left town. In other words, if he lives someplace, I'm sure that the security uh, 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 demands of the Secret Service require that they keep an eye on Mar-a-Lago. And and that was one of the arguments that was raised was why is this there's some argument that the that these documents were at risk of uh, being stolen or moved They've got the Secret Service, in my, in my understanding, they're watching the guy's residence all the time. You know, so but I, like I, I think it is a form of oppression. It's, it's oppression. Right. That's what Laura. Mussolini did. We have a modern Mussolini form of government at, at this point. I mean, and it started with the Patriot Act. It started with the... Um, the uh, Defense uh, Authorization Act that has continued to be renewed. I, I don't understand why we can't uh, let some of these repressive laws go by the wayside instead of continually renewing them. And, uh, you know, one thing that I'm, I'm concerned about is that Mussolini, well, when Mussolini took power, he had thousands of his fascist supporters demand the uh, king to let Mussolini be the governor of the country, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. But um, weren't there thousands of people at the Trump, the uh, January 6th thing, wasn't, uh, had they been armed, don't you think that, um, I don't know. It seems to me that, that maybe... Maybe it works both ways. I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, I didn't get the impression that people in January 6th were demanding that Trump be the president. I think that they were, my, my sense of what was going on was that there was a serious question about the conduct of the election. And that's a different issue. In other words, the request was, uh, if I understand it, that the, uh, you know, at least the sense of it was, 
that the Congress not accept the uh, electors' vote, and I don't know whether that could constitutionally be uh, avoided, uh, until there's an investigation into the election in certain states. And I think it may be a deficiency uh, in the, uh, the way that the Constitution is put together, you know, and, and also in the way that the Republican Party failed, because there was very little fact-finding at the time. Since then, there's been a lot of uh, hubbub about, you know, the uh, uh, inappropriate conduct, uh, the inappropriate funding by Zuckerberg, a bunch of different things that suggest that the election may have been inappropriately conducted from an election standpoint, but certainly from a political process standpoint. You know, when the media starts censoring adverse information about a political candidate, that's just, you know, I don't know whether that's in violation of a law, but it certainly seems to be anti-democratic. If what happens is, is all of the media gets together and decides that they're not going to allow access uh, to information by the public. That, to me, seems anti-democratic. Now, whether it was conducted by the government, uh, I don't know, uh, but I can tell you this, is that former and maybe current uh, 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 intelligence officers came forward and said that the information was false. And that representation, that, that, that the information was Russian disinformation, was total BS. It was total, total BS. Chris. Whistleblowers, whistleblowers aren't doing so well anymore. Haven't you noticed um, whistleblowers have a tendency yeah, sure. to go to exile uh, or get locked up? I mean, Julian Assange has been locked up for how many years now? I, I don't know about Assange, but here, here's, here's the difference. When you get a whistleblower that allegedly uh, talks about what Trump did uh, inappropriately with the Ukraine, that whistleblower uh, puts on a military uniform, as far as I understand it today, that there's uh, arguments that, uh, uh, you, you know, uh, remember the guy's name, kind of a pudgy-looking guy, uh, 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 testified. Uh, he gets to testify, and he's a national hero. Uh, on the other hand, if you're an FBI whistleblower, you've been talking about how the political process has governed the activities of the FBI. Those people aren't trotted out as national heroes. I don't know of any. Do you? <laughs> uh, the whistleblowers from the FBI. Yeah, I've been listening. I've been uh, I've been reading that there have been uh, dozens of FBI agents who've uh, come forward to say that the conduct of the FBI has been politically one-sided. It's been done for political reasons uh, and, and other uh, other you know uh, issues about the behavior of the bureau. Um, and uh, those people don't get touted as national heroes. I'm not going to say that Vindeman is the guy's name. I'm not going to tell you that Vindeman is telling the truth or not telling the truth, or he was a whistleblower or he wasn't. All I can say is somebody who's akin to that, if it's against Trump, is a national hero. And if somebody says that that's against how the FBI has been conducting itself, alleging that the FBI is, is perhaps involved in, in, in a political point-shaving for the Democrats, that guy doesn't get dragged out as a national hero. Uh, Laura, that gal are you still doesn't if she's a whistleblower as a gal. Is, is Laura still on? Sam, is I Laura still on? I just had one more thing to say. One more thing to say. Um, I, I believe we have a, an authoritarian capitalism now. We got these Vanguard, BlackRock, State Street, all these super, super rich oligarchs 
are buying up tracts of land and properties. They want us to rent from them. It's an authoritarian capitalism we have now, run by the same ultra-rich people. Right. We have. We I, have I, complete, the, I completely agree with you. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Chris. I can say, I, Lord, I completely agree with you. I wouldn't say that uh, that just in the in the purchase of land. If you look at uh, a land that uh, Bill Gates has purchased, if you look at uh, Ted Turner's purchases, but if you look at the Chinese government purchases, and I'm talking about property here in the, in the United States. I'm not, you know, God only knows what they're doing in, you know, Poland or France or what all. But I can tell you around here, there's been a, a, a lot of information about those purchases being made of farmland. Uh, there, there is a push, it seems to me, and this is just a sense I got, that super rich people during this pandemic got even more super rich. And the middle class people, people who ran restaurants, small businesses, you know, particularly if you had service industries like uh if you had a gym or if you had a, a restaurant or if you had a, uh, you know, a, you were a barber or you had any kind of like, you know, uh, kind of small business that involved a lot of interpersonal contact, you just got squeezed out. Yeah. And if you were so one how, of those how do we fight? How do we like, fight these ultra-rich people? How do we fight this? Well, you know, I, I think that the first thing that one does, and we've been talking about this for weeks, the first thing that you do is you educate yourself. The thing is you research all of this stuff to the extent that you can. What you do is you, you get on the web, and you, you I wouldn't trust Google, but you get on DuckDuckGo. Let, let me give you an example. We covered this before. You've got to find what the information is from a source. Uh, you have to if earn you it. Ran, if you ran uh, uh, during the pandemic, uh, do those blue cloth? Do blue cloth masks work? It's just a simple question, and because I did, I did it a couple times on Google. You didn't get a story that had a study about the whether these things were effective. So it was about the sixth or seventh story, a bunch of ads, and then the sixth or seventh story said, "Well, uh, you know, we can't tell." But if you went to DuckDuckGo, there were two ads, and the third story was these blue masks don't work because they tested them in Denmark, and they gave the results of the story. And the uh, difference between no mask and a mask was like in the, in the 1% to 2% range. And yet, you're looking at all of these people from the government running around with a blue mask. You know, so the idea is, if you're going to challenge what they're saying, if you're going to challenge what they're doing, and if you're going to challenge, like somebody from the government telling you you have to wear a blue mask, and you want to say that that blue mask doesn't work, you really want to have the information that says, well, what, what about the study that shows that they don't work? What, what do you say about that? In other words, you don't have to believe me because I'm just somebody with an opinion. But I can cite this study, and then you get to go tell me why the study doesn't work. You know, there was a study done in Brazil about the effect of ivermectin. And the study involved 100, if I recall correctly, over 100,000 people. And ivermectin reduced hospitalizations. But if you went on the Internet and talked about that, you ran the risk of being censored. The other thing is if you were a medical professional and you went forward with that story, you ran the risk of certain you know, uh, states challenging your medical license. 
Uh, well, Chris, so everybody, in order for everybody us- on alternative media has experienced this whole whole uh, phenomena of of self censorship. I mean, it, uh, how many people do you know? Uh, well, I don't know if you've listened much to RBN, but everybody was using all of the studies and publishing it. Doctor Malone and uh, Tenpenny, everybody that right. that said it, right. nothing on mainstream media. So, in other words. Like Mussolini's state, it it wasn't of any value, and it wasn't published. So the so the well, media Laura, it, it, is it, the state. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I, it, it's an arm. It's an arm of the uh, of the Democratic Party these days. I don't think there's any question about it. Uh, but what, but Laura, in response to your question, what, what we talked about before, uh, Captain Fred and I was that you have to seek the truth and then speak the truth. And it's one thing to have an opinion. It's another thing to be able to point people to facts. It's one thing to say uh, the left tilted the last presidential election by various uh, actions. It's another thing to say, and you can find the the polling numbers, that uh, one-sixth of the people who voted for Joe Biden say now they would not have voted for Joe Biden had they known at the time of the election, about the content of Hunter Biden's laptop. What this means is that if the press had accurately reported fact, instead of suppressing the truth, Joe Biden wouldn't be the president. So if if you're questioning the legitimacy of the president uh, because you're saying, well, uh, you know, people stuff ballot boxes and all that, I won't even talk about that for a minute. Uh, You know, that's a whole different area of facts. But if what you're saying is is the combined action of the Democratic Party and the media uh, is demonstrably shows that the last election was affected and controlled by the suppression of information, that's a fact, in my opinion. That's a fact. That's not my, that's not you're not wearing a tinfoil hat. You know, you're not a conspiracy theorist. You're looking at polling data that says had that information not been suppressed, Joe Biden would not be president. Just that. They, su- they suppress what we, they suppress what we know, and they suppress what we can say. Yeah, exactly. yeah. So we well, need to seek the truth, and we need to speak the truth. So that's the first thing that we can do, and we share it with other people. Seek well, the truth and speak the truth. And we have to earn the truth too. I mean, we have to actually study and understand what we're reading. That's right. The problem that we have is like, especially with scientific papers uh so many scientific uh research papers are sponsored by the party that benefits from the agenda of that uh that study and and you can't really trust that i remember uh uh i can't remember what it was one of the uh uh things about genetic manipulation and it, and I, I read a study but it was funded by a group that benefited from it it's, it's always uh, something well, that's like that. There, there may be, there may be that, but there are other things in our political uh, landscape that are not as difficult to decipher as uh, whether or not ge- genetically modified organisms are, are a danger to the public health, which can be like a pretty involved thing. But let me give you something different. Are there two genders? <laughs> You know, uh, I don't think you need a college degree. In fact, 
I wish that the uh, that uh, the, the, the the most recent the Supreme Court uh, 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 justice uh, uh, had taken enough biology to be able to answer the question of what is a woman. You know, um, yeah. <laughs> certain of, you know, certain of this information is not all of that opaque. I mean, it's pretty clearly visible. And those are the things that we need to speak, and we need to be able to, to understand that if we don't speak the truth, if we don't seek the truth, if we don't speak the truth, we're going to give up the right at one point to be able to do either of those. That's true. We need to be able you know, to tell I, other Chris, people I, what's going on, and we need to figure it out. Uh, you know, I, I, it's our responsibility. Uh, it's our responsibility to make sure that what we say is 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 as truthful as we know it to be. And that's uh, and the whole... is open-minded. Well, I mean, how many truths... is open-minded. Hang on, Fred, just a second. And it's equally important to allow other people to challenge what we suggest is the truth. In other words, that's part of the... Uh, that's the part of democratic process. It's, it's at the core of science. That if you say something and someone else has contrary information, listen to them. Go study what they say. Is what they say accurate or not? And not to just say, oh, shut up, or you're poo-poo pants, or, uh, you know, just name call, which is what the left does. If you say that there are two genders, they tell you that you're transphobic. You, you get called a name. They don't tell you why you're wrong. Well, hey, Laura. That's my point. Okay, my point is the left, the Democrats, they, they're arrested, arrested development. They've, their development stopped at age two, the terrible twos. They don't want to hear you. I agree you with you. I, 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 they want to call your I'm name. perfectly stated. Yeah, yeah. that's right. And they I'm want perfectly to stated. Palm their fists on the floor, just like a two-year-old. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And their concerns are for themselves, and it doesn't go any further. And what they okay. want is what they want. And, and, and they're, they're like three-year-olds. In, in, a, in a political They want it from Uncle Sammy. They want their Uncle Sammy to yeah. give everything they want. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Okay. We've got one I more call. I agree with you, Laura. That's Laura. so insightful. Laura, you stay on, and let's bring in another caller. Let's see if we can do a roundtable. Sam, can you bring Misty okay. in on this call, too? Misty from Kansas, are you are you able to come in with us on this call? Hello. Uh, Misty, yeah. How you got doing? in Michigan and Misty in Kansas. You've got Chris, who's on his boat, I think. And you have Captain Fred, and I'm in the beautiful uh, San Luis Valley. We got Laura in Michigan, right? Laura in Michigan, Misty in Misty, what's on your mind? Have you been listening to what we've been talking about, and how do you feel? Are we in a fascist state of uh, existence here in the country? Well, I, I, I do believe we are, uh, but what I was calling in to let you know was that, uh, uh, yeah, there was a segment apparently on uh, Tucker Carlson. I don't have Fox News, but the article about what she's talking about, the 35 Trump supporters, apparently it might be up to 50 now, but it is, uh, there is an article on the 9th of September from the Gateway Pundit that has that clip, and then they, uh, Steve Bannon is talking about it, uh, you know, about the supporters being, uh, I guess, I don't know what they're doing with them, but, uh, 
you know, checking on them, whatever it is. But the article is there on the Gateway Pundit. And the other thing I wanted to say, you were it's something is is very interesting when you were talking about Antifa uh, earlier. If you put in Antifa.com, it goes straight to the White House, which is very interesting. No way. Yes, yes way, dude. Do it. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm going to. I'm going to. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. telling you straight up. And that just I was giving you all a uh, heads up if you did want to check out that article that Laura was talking about. It is uh, on the Gateway Pundit website. Thank you. Thank you, Mister. You're, you're welcome. You know, but, but I want to I, I want to I want to retreat to something that Laura said because I think it is so insanely insightful that the Democrat <gasps> process is really an expression of arrested development, and it is it, it, arrested emotional development because the responsibility is always to what uh, what the left wants and what offends the left and uh, what they think is good for them. And what, what, what's, you know, it, it's an individualized approach to what are rights. You know, they, they, they're really not interested in everybody else's rights. They're interested in what, you know, what triggers them. And the thing I think that really separates what the president calls our, you know, our, our MAGA terrorists and the Democrats is this, is I don't care what race you are or gender you are or who, what your sexual preferences are. It doesn't make a damn bit of difference to me. It makes a difference if you are willing to protect my constitutional rights and whether you are ready to sign off on our Constitution and protect each other. And if you are, I don't care about the rest of the stuff. Chris, Chris, I just thought, you know, I just typed in Antifa.com and guess what popped up? The White House. The White House. Go figure. Wow. That's been around. People have been talking talking about that for a good while. Now, what's strange about it, if you just pull up Antifa, okay, without the .com, then it'll go, it'll send you on the journey of what is Antifa, blah, 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 blah. But if you put Antifa.com, there you go, you found it. Strange. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, yeah. you know, Mussolini's uh, black shirts were uh, <laughs> part of his organization also. So why not Antifa part of uh, this regime's organization? And Absolutely. that's what I believe it is. We have a fascist government for sure. They're using the black shirts to terrorize opposition. They're using legal uh, means like the FBI to uh, terrorize opposition also. You know what's interesting to me? We don't hear much about the CIA involved in any of this either, do we? Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I do hear the CIA involved in this. They've, been, they've stepped forward and they're the people who said that Hunter Biden's laptop were ex-CIA people, and you know they're not going to say that unless the current CIA people think it's a good idea. It turns out that uh, they said Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation. They also said uh, made statements, or Clapper and Brennan, uh, to, to the degree that they uh, understood that uh, Trump was involved in colluding with the Russians. I mean, come on. You know, if you have someone rob a bank and someone says, well, wait a minute, here, 
I'm not going to tell you this, but I'm just going to leave my car running out in front of the bank. I'm going to leave the keys in the car. So after you rob the bank, you just get in the car and drive off. And I do that a couple times. You don't have to show that uh, I sit down and, and, and wrote out an agreement that you signed that I was going to help you rob banks. At a certain point, my activities support your activities. And when you do that in law, when you aid and abet, uh, you're as guilty as the person who did the act. The other thing is, if you have a conspiracy, it doesn't have to be a spoken agreement. It can be two people who act with the like mind that something gets achieved. And if the object to be achieved is illegal, it's an illegal conspiracy. So tell me what, tell me the last time that Antifa did something that was to the advantage of uh, a conservative constitutionalist. And no, I'll, never. I'll, I'll hang up away for your response. That's, that's right. the, that's the regime's the illegal squad. Uh, but hey, listen, let's there have one is. with this round table. How about Paul in New York? Can we bring Paul in? Paul? Yeah. Hi, Captain Fred. How you doing? You have, we have Laura in Michigan, we have Misty in Kansas, and now we have Paul in New York. We have Captain Chris down on his boat somewhere in the Gulf of Mexico, and I'm up here in beautiful Colorado. Welcome to the conversation, Paul. Well, thank you. I, I figured we, don't, we only have a few minutes left until the end of the show, right? Uh, we've got time. Okay. Uh, well, it's interesting that Antifa.com now goes to the White House because before the election... It went straight to the Biden-Harris fundraising page for their campaign. I believe that. <laughs> yeah. Get out. Yeah, bef- Get out. No, not really. No, oh, really? no. I, I, I'm absolutely serious. Antifa.com went straight to the Biden-Harris fundraising page. Support our campaign. <laughs> and now it goes to it's the probably, White House? Yeah. I, I just, I just typed it in. It goes right to the White House. <laughs> Oh no! I th- no! I think yeah. what it is. I think it's. I, th- I think it's one of them conservatives. I think it's one of them demonic Republicans. They just went in there. They registered the domain, and they're just forwarding it to wherever they want to discredit. And if you believe that, I have a nice long bridge <laughs> to sell you in Arizona. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's uh, that's what I'm trying point that this this country this regime has has actually turned into a mussolini style (laughs) fascist regime it uses legal state repression and it uses illegal violence to to maintain its power i mean this is this you know what didn't end well for mussolini though did it no well they have what they have is 100 percent well, I'm sorry. What they what they have is 100% control over the media. They have 100% control over primetime and network TV news. They have 100% control over the hearts and minds of the sheeple that think that they can do no wrong. And they are weaponizing uh, radically radicalized liberals and the cognitive dissonance it causes them to just to lash out violently. And it's just ridiculous. I mean, it's the sane versus the insane. Well, you know, it's funny, Paul, you should say that. I had a, I had a friend of mine, and he was a friend of mine for decades. And uh, we were at a, a retirement party, and uh, we got to talking. And uh, it came out that uh, 
And I, I have to be honest. I really don't like Donald Trump's personality. I really don't. I think he gets in his own way. He steps on his own feet. Uh, let me do it that way. Uh, but I have to say that a lot of his policies I completely agree with. I just com- totally agree with. And I would rather have somebody that I don't like uh, or, or, or have problems with his personality uh, who does good things than somebody like Barack Obama, who I thought had a pr- pretty cool persona, except his policies were just really pernicious. They were harmful. But anyway, right. I tell this friend of mine that I'm a Trump supporter, and honest to God, the guy became so visibly shaken. When I say visibly shaken, I don't mean that, that he, he looked disturbed. He started to quake. He started to, to like shake, literally shake, and he left the, the, the retirement party. Uh-huh. Well, well, I, I shake people up. I'll tell you how I shake people up. I say I'm rooting for Putin. <laughs> that gets that gets them going. I'm rooting for Putin. <laughs> well, that's that's really a sad statement too. When when actually I've I've asked a lot of people about what they thought, and you know a lot of people would would welcome Putin to march into Washington D.C. right now. I think, and exactly, and I'm not. Yeah. Oh uh, well, I'm not saying. I'm just saying that that uh, that we have a government that's that is obviously this last couple of hours we've talked about it, and it fits. The legal description of Mussolini's fascist government. It shows how people can be. Well, uh, look at all the people are flying Ukrainian flags. They don't even know what the Ukraine war is about. Right. That's, That's right. why I, I, tell, I tell them I'm rooting for Putin because I start telling the story about 2014 when Victoria Newland <laughs> overthrew the. Duly elected oh, Russian president. Start from there. And tell him Putin went in not to uh, attack uh, uh, Ukraine, but he went in there to liberate them from an evil cabal that was looting their country and their resources. That's the easiest well, way to tell that's, people. That's certainly, that's certainly part of it, that there was a geopolitical interest for, the, uh, for Russia to have a warm water port that they could absolutely control rather than red have access to uh, in, in taking the Crimea. So th- th- they may have had different reasons, but I think to their advantage, they got a, a warm water port in the Black Sea, which was necessary. Crimea voted. Because I remember a few years ago, they had a five-year celebration, and they invited Putin there to talk. They're still celebrating that they were back with Russia. Well, that's all been lied well, you know, about. Well, and it may be, but, you know, there are counter-arguments to say if the state of New Jersey voted to have Putin invade you know, New Jersey, would that be okay? And it, it kind of looked But I digress. You know, the thing is, is that <laughs> I don't think that York, really yeah. know. There are different sides say of the story in Ukraine, but we don't hear them. We don't hear the oh. different sides of the Ukraine story. What we just hear is the one, give, give Ukraine, you know, uh, tens of billions of dollars, although a Democratic Congress couldn't come up with $5 billion to build a, a border wall. Yeah, Paul was on, are you still on the line, Paul? You're not, you're not a big fan of Putin then, huh? No, actually, I am a fan of Putin. His, his, the economy is strong. His people are, for all intents and purposes, free. They're a whole lot freer than anybody else in the world. 
and literally anybody else in the world. He's defending his people. Look what he had. And he, he, has, mor he has morals. He doesn't allow he doesn't allow triennies and drag queen story hour and all that stuff for his children. Well, well, Putin, what did Putin have? Putin had bioweapons labs right on the other side of his border. He had to he had to do something to protect his own people. Well, I don't have a problem. I thought those were all in the Ukraine. Yeah, who, right who, on the who, other side of the border. Gangster, you know? Well, we really don't know what to believe. I mean, if we've heard these things from mainstream media, we really don't know what to believe. I mean, uh, if you listen to RT, uh, RT has, tells a different story sometimes, and and we I see a lot of of, of reposting or, or links posted to RT and. Uh, it, it describes a different story this, uh, about Ukraine right now than we're seeing on the, the media here. And if, if, we, if we listen to, like, like you were saying earlier, Laura, uh, Farron's show, Farron really does a good job at documenting a lot of things that he sees in uh, different media. And it's the same with, uh, with uh, Mitchell Bupp on Revolution Radio. He, he does a morning show, and he uses a lot of clips and he documents uh, a lot of the things that are coming uh, on the alternative media. That's the problem, is that most people aren't on the alternative media like we are. I mean, we, we have a different view of it than most people do. Don't you think, well, Chris? Let me, ask, let me ask you a question. One, one question. What were, what were the two territories that Putin invaded in the Ukraine? He invaded two territories. Uh, am I doing this correctly by saying the Donbass? Or is that a, a yeah. region rather than a territory? Okay, a region. All right, and then and, there was and, another. And the, and, and the, well, this time, uh, the, uh, but I would say the prior time was a, uh, the Crimea. Okay. He invaded well, that. What did, and he did that what did he do? What did he do? He... he uh, invaded the Donbass region, and he turned it over to the people. That's not an invasion force. That's a liberation force. That's right. That's right. Well, I agree with that. Invasion, I, I, if you give it back to the people. I, I, have a, I have a problem. I've got a problem with that, and here's why. At the, when the Soviet Union fell, there was a... Uh, uh, Convention, it wasn't made into a treaty because of what it, 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 with the United States because it didn't go through the, the Senate. But it turns out that there was an agreement with the uh, Russian government, the new Russian government, that the Ukraine, as defined as a territory, would have its political sovereignty. And you don't go into another uh, another country and uh, liberate it. That's in my in my view, it's a violation of international law, as far as I understand it. Now, whether the people in the area wanted uh, because a lot of them are ethnic Russians. Whether they wanted to be part of Russia is a, is a different issue. And, but, and whether that gets resolved uh, through the political process in what was the Ukraine, I don't know. But when you bring military forces into a, a, a different country that you agreed was a different country, I'm not okay with that. I'm just not. Yeah, and agree Putin, with by that. the way, like, uh, Putin, by the way, like uh, uh, George W., were, uh, were uh, uh, intelligence officers. You know, uh, uh, George Bush wasn't an agent, but uh, 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 he, he was a CIA guy, and uh, Putin was.
was a CIA guy. Uh, the, the thing is, is though, I, I really don't equate the conduct of the uh, uh, Russian government as being, uh, in, in connection with the Ukraine, as being internationally positive. There may be arguments to be raised for, but I think it's I think that they were uh, in violation of international law. That said, uh, holding the Ukraine uh, uh, government up as a symbol of uh, truth, justice, and freedom to me is a profound mistake. Uh, these people, in coordination with the American uh, State Department, did some amazing stuff that I find objectionable. But I'll leave that for another day. I'd like to. I think we're getting a true story. I'd like to pose a question uh, to anybody that's on the table here now: Laura, Misty, and Paul, and Chris. Uh, if you know, in the last couple of hours, we've pretty well established that we have a, uh, a fascist regime that is controlling our country, and uh, a lot of people would agree that it is a illegal fascist regime that's that's controlling our country. The question is, how can we liberate our country from this fascist regime if we don't believe that the vote is, uh, is a credible way of doing it? I can speak on that. Let's hear it. I believe, I believe that what, um, what the Ukraine had was they never had a return to sovereignty. What they had was being turned over to an oligarchy, the deep state. I mean, the Ukraine is the deep state's corporate headquarters. And what Putin is doing is he is cutting them off at the knees because from the Ukraine is where they control everything else in the world. The United States media, United States corporations, the UN, the WHO, uh, the... Uh, the World Economic Forum, they're all run from that little area in the Ukraine because that's where the big boys play. Yeah. Chris, what do you think? They're money laundering what? and everything else in there. Right. I, I, well, I, you know, to, to be honest with you, Paul, I, I don't have enough information to respond to that. However, I've got some questions. You know, and the questions that I, I have concerned, why in the world are we pumping all of this money into that area. I have no because idea. Deep, you know, I mean, because the deep state has our government by the short hairs. It's all corporate fiction. You know, it's a fascist it regime. Up, it comes up with payments to the Biden family, uh, the Ukraine does. Uh, we're putting, you know, billions and billions of dollars into this country. You know, and I, I, I you know, and I'm not, I'm not. I'm just telling you, I don't know why. It just seems weird. You know, uh, these people aren't, aren't all that democratic, you know? They're just, they're just not. I mean, the Ukrainians. And I don't have a particular problem with the Ukrainian versus the Russians, the Russians versus the Ukrainians. Well, is who is more this, this, this brings us back to the weird. beginning of this show when I was talking about inclusive and extractive systems. We have uh, uh, a a fascist regime that is operating an extractive system on the world is taking... Is That's your taking, term. Your term. Well, your that, term is it's a fascist regime. I say it's, a, it's, a, it's an administration that has increasingly uh, anti, in my opinion, 
uh, anti-democratic uh, policies and uh, positions. Well, I don't know if that winds up being a fascist regime, but it's certainly uh, got got the flavor of something that doesn't sound like my idea of an appropriate constitutional republic. Right, the color is... We don't have a constitutional republic. We were in bankruptcy, and we were converted from a constitutional republic to a democracy run by corporate interests and world banks in 1933. And then they put the last nail in the coffin in the 50s, when they started the uh, the Federal Reserve and switched us from gold-backed currency to fake money. We might as well be playing Monopoly. I think the Federal Reserve is at the heart of a lot of our problems here in the United States. And, uh, you, you know, know, we're coming to the end of the show, I believe. Uh, we, I, th- I think we totally skipped the break. I want to thank everybody that's joined us on the show. This has been fascinating. It, this has been an interesting conversation, and uh, I don't know. Do we do we have any takeaways from this uh, this conversation? I don't know. I mean, uh, I like to use the word fascist because it seems to describe what we're we've entered into because it you know it matches Mussolini's uh, state quite a bit. But anyway, I want to thank the people that's joined us on the call. I want to encourage people thank, to thank y'all. Thank you. Absolutely. I want to encourage people to donate to RBN because this is one of the few venues where we can have conversations like this. Anyway, we'll be back next week. This is Captain Greg, Captain Chris, Laura Michigan, Misty in Kansas, and Paul in New York. We'll be back. We will find you acting on your best behavior. Hello, I'm Dr. Leonard Horowitz. I was right 30 years ago in warning the world about threatening lab virus outbreaks, AIDS, and Ebola. I was right 20 years ago when FBI Director Robert Mueller made me a suspect in the anthrax mailings because I warned the Bureau before the CIA's biocrime and Cipro sales psyops happened. I was right about COVID-19 being an AIDS-laced mutagen plan to resurge this fall to excuse officials' profitable depopulation globalization agendas. And I was right about the only safeguards being antioxidants and holy spiritual sustenance. Vitamin C, D, zinc, chlorophyll, oxygen, and oxysilver especially transmits the frequency resonance to neutralize the expanded function bioweapon. Oxysilver is a double superconductor of the healing power of love. It is the first nutraceutical invented to amplify prayer power and the faithful loving intention of your heart. Buy, try, and stockpile OxySilver through HealthyWorldStore.com. You can't handle the truth! You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit RepublicBroadcasting.org today because you can handle the truth.